0: From points across California, you're listening to the Disneyland Edition of the Diz Unplugged. This is the Dis Unplugged Disneyland Edition, episode 156 for the week of June 20th, 2013. The Dis Unplugged Disneyland Edition is brought to you by Dreams Unlimited Travel, helping you plan the perfect Disney vacation. Visit them on the web at www.dreamsunlimitedtravel.com. Hello everyone, welcome to the show. I'm your host Tom Bell and I'm joined by our Disneyland team, Nancy Johnson, Mary Jo Malata Willie, and Michael Bowling. In this segment, Nancy has the next piece in her Southern California 101 series. Where are we going today, Nancy?
1: We are going downtown Los Angeles and towards Long Beach. Everything's great when you're downtown.
0: Where are all the lights? I'll go are bright.
1: Downtown. Do, do. Okay, cool. So, downtown and points west, or okay. uh, points towards Long Beach. Okay. There's a lot of Los Angeles that people hesitate dealing with when you talk about the east side of LA and south of LA. So, We want to take and try and demystify some of this area and tell you what really cool things there are to see in these areas that you might have heard of or had some interest or things that we've mentioned before. So we're going to start off with downtown Los Angeles. You can see downtown from most of the major freeways, and if you're coming north from Disneyland, you're going to pass through a horrifyingly large interchange we affectionately all call the East LA Interchange. It's the juncture of the 101, the 5, the 10, and the 60. Basically coming from all points of, of the Los Angeles Basin. So, your best way is to get to downtown from from the 5 are actually going to be either 101 or you're going to get on Interstate 10 and take the 10 west and that should put you to the 110 and right at that juncture is one corner of downtown. Um, Most notably the Staples Center. (laughs) Entertainment and interesting things downtown tend to be nearer to the 110 freeway as you move away from that towards the 101 you you start getting into chinatown um little tokyo and some of the other places including skid row which we won't talk about right here
2: (laughs) (laughs) except they moved they filmed the movie there um um oh my gosh with Iron Man. What's his name?
0: Robert Downey, Robert
2: Downey, Jr. Downey Jr. Yeah, and Jamie Foxx.
1: Oh, and of course there are tons and tons of movie <laughs> sites all over the downtown area. Some of the buildings there are going to be very familiar from movies, especially describing the 110 is familiar to all of you from Soren. And as it's known in Florida and Soren over California, you are actually, when you're flying over downtown Los Angeles, you're actually coming from Interstate 10 and going north on the 110. And that's the freeway that's right underneath you as you go through Soarin'. So you actually pass over the – I can't remember. Is the Staples Center in that first cut or is it focused more forward? Um, I think you see the Staples Center. Okay. Since that, since Soren was filmed, they've added some new entertainment options as, and, as well as hotel options, um, which we'll get to in a few minutes. Um, now, in past shows we've talked about Union Station, from my great, I'm trying to take the train to Disneyland <laughs> <laughs> segment. We also had an old blog out there on Olvera Street, and Mary Jo has mentioned Olvera Street Several times. Mm-hmm. So,
0: Union Station's it, easy to get to from the Sand Resort too.
1: It to, is because all you have to do is pack, pack yourself up on the train. and It's not yeah. that expensive to get downtown, yeah. it's considering.
0: A forty-five minute trip.
1: Yeah, it's like a forty-five minute trip or less, actually, and what? it's only what fourteen dollars.
0: I, yeah, I, I don't know. I, don't, I have a
1: It's it's very inexpensive when you consider gas prices. And it's, and it's, and it's only one, one stop. And parking. Rental car and parking. It's only one That's stop. Right. Yep. So we've got a lot of things right around the immediate Union Station area. And then just a short way over from Union Station, you've got a whole nother set. Now, the first one I want to bring up is... A series of buildings, which is actually known as the L.A. Music Center. Um, All four of these buildings are comprised together, and you've heard of many of them. Um, You've heard of the Amundsen Theater. The Dorothy Chandler Pavilion is known for Academy Awards. Yep, that was one of the homes of the Academy Awards. Um, There's the Mark Taper Building and, of course, the Walt Disney Concert Hall and Performing Arts Center. And the abbreviation um, for that is PACLA. And that stands for the Philharmonic something-something Los Angeles. (laughs) (laughs) But one of the cool things about this area is they have complimentary tours you know los angeles is full of all kinds of free tours and attractions um, and what's cool is you can actually get a docent led tour oh nice um, which which includes architectural highlights overviews um, and it takes you to all four all four concert venues and on the um, on the website musiccenter.org, org, and we'll have a link to that in the show notes. Um, they have a list of all of their tours, including the four. Or if you just if you don't have a whole lot of time, the Walt Disney Concert Hall has a self guided audio tour, which is really neat because you get an audio headset. You just have to give them a driver's license for them to hold as um to hold as um. Collateral for getting the headset back. But the audio tour is narrated by John Lithgow and it also has insight from the actual architect Frank Gehry. Now Frank Gehry is known to most Disney fans as... Anybody?
0: Frank Gehry, I don't know.
2: The name sounds really familiar. G-A-H-R-Y, right?
1: Yep.
0: Oh, no so fair googling it. What the
1: heck? <laughs> 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 the name is familiar. He's a, a very notable architect that um that designed the Swan and Dolphin, I believe? No. No, wait. Who designed Swan and Dolphin? Michael Graves. Oh yeah, yeah. Actually Frank Geary has worked with Oh, I forgot what is Michael, are you Googling? No, I'm not. Okay. Mary Jo,
2: because <laughs> I thought Mary Jo was. I, I thought
1: you knew. Th- I
0: thought you knew the answer.
1: You know, I thought Frank I did, Gary. but then I realized I didn't. The
2: but Frank, Frank Gehry is, um, Spruce Street, Guggenheim Museum in Bilbao,
1: Spain. Okay, okay, he did the that's Guggenheim. where I know. Is the is
2: did the, the Guggenheim.
1: Guggenheim? Okay, Frank Gehry. Anybody? No. He did the Guggenheim <laughs> in New York. Isn't
0: that what we just said? Yes.
2: Bilbao, Spain.
1: Trying to
0: cheat. See how you are? You know, we're not going to edit that out.
1: And the Walt Disney Concert Hall. And the Walt Disney Concert ah, Hall. Ah, okay. So, um, you can do individual guests on the audio tour or tour groups of up to 14 people. So, if you have a large family. Now, if you have groups of 15 or more, it is $10 per guest to do the self-guided audio tour because they have to give them all up, I guess, and they need reservations for that. They also have a free docent tour, also just for the concert hall.
2: And where do you get these tours, Nancy?
1: Um, You actually go in the front door, and there's a little tour desk off to the side. Of the concert hall? Yeah, inside the concert hall. And uh, most of the big tours begin in the grand lobby of the Walt Disney Concert Hall. Some cool things about the Walt Disney Concert Hall is it's actually one of the um, it is one of the most acoustic concert halls in the world. Um, the hall's reverberation time is approximately two point two seconds unoccupied and two seconds occupied. Hmm. That's really really good. One of the stories that I've heard about it was when they were first bringing the Los Angeles Philharmonic in to practice to get used to the new hall before they opened their, their season. They were practicing one of Ravel's ballets and they actually heard um, some incorrect notes in their sheet music for just a couple chairs in the orchestra. And the performers were performing as written. They're playing their instruments with notes as written, and they realized they had some wrong notes in it. That's how good the acoustics are, is the conductor could hear that, and the music director could hear that. (laughs) So, cool place. The architecture's out of this world. Um, If you want to see the exterior, I believe somewhere we have links to when they had the... um, What was the name of that thing? It was the World of Color Tour? Yeah.
0: Where they played Prelim to Magic Memories and you.
1: Yeah, basically they um they played with that technology on several buildings in in California, and um, the Walt Disney Concert Hall was one of them. And you know that
2: when they first built that hall, that all of the exterior um, walls were mirrored walls, so it it just the it just shined from or shone from wherever you were at. But what happened, is they, and they didn't take this into consideration, so when they built the hall, the people who lived in the in the uh, apartments around the hall were getting too much um, light was reflecting off into the buildings, and the people were the, they were heating up the buildings. So Disney had to go back and resurface every single wall. I would say 99% of the walls. Over there. So if you go over there and you look, you can still see a couple of um, slivers of mirror, of mirrored wall on the outside, but the rest of it, and it's now a matte finish on there. Did you guys know that?
0: Yeah. Yeah, I I did actually. (laughs) Also, I know that right now the um, the concert hall is concerned because I guess there's a subway system going in nearby. And they're very concerned that the vibrations from the subway system is going to affect the acoustics of the concert hall, and they've been doing all kinds of testing to see.
1: Not surprised. It's such an amazing space. Um, It's the wood interior of the concert hall. Um, All the walls and ceiling are Douglas fir, and the floor is oak. And the um, the cool thing about the organ. Is I mean the tubes go from anywhere from um, the pipes go anywhere from a couple inches tall to 32 feet tall, and what's cool is they can actually take um, the keyboard unit and move it to four different locations in the stage Mm. and operate the organ through those through those bases. It's pretty amazing. And that is just down the street, actually, from one of my favorite places to go. if you're a movie buff and you're a big fan of the Academy Awards, the uh, Millennium Biltmore Hotel is just down the street. And one of the cool things about the Millennium Biltmore is it was the original home of, of the Academy Awards. In fact, it was the hotel the Academy Awards were conceived in, which a lot of people don't realize. Um, let's see my note. Um, it was actually, the Academy itself was actually founded at a luncheon in the Crystal Ballroom in May of 1927. Mm. And uh, people like Louis B. Mayer um, came to discuss you know, plans for the new organization and awards. And um, one of the art directors that was in attendance immediately grabbed a linen Biltmore napkin and sketched out the design for the Oscar on it. And they had eight Oscar ceremonies um, held in the Biltmore Bowl um, during the early years. Bob Hope hosted the 50th anniversary banquet in the same room. And a few other really fun things, um, it's been the site of the uh, Democratic National Convention where they chose John Ke- John F. Kennedy as the party's presidential nominee, and that's where he gave his acceptance. He, and he set up uh, his campaign headquarters in w- the music room, which is now the current lobby, and... Um, his running mate's headquarters was, um, Lyndon B. Johnson's headquarters was across the hall in the Emerald Room. Yeah. And they held their press conferences in the Crystal Ballroom. The v- The Beatles also paid a visit to the presidential suite in August of 1964. And they were forced to access their room by landing atop the hotel in a helicopter. Oh. So, in uh,
2: those days could, too, right?
1: Yeah, really in the 60s. So... Wikipedia had some fun facts, but those are just a couple of them. And I've attended a work conference there once, and the ballrooms are simply amazing. They're such a mix. Um, They call it um, a synthesis of... Spanish-Italian Renaissance Revival, Mediterranean Revival, and Beaux-Arts style um, as homage to the Castilian heritage of Los Angeles. I figured mm. Mary Jo there would appreciate that. I do. Thank you. And the, there are so many um, – there's so much marble in that place. It's not even funny. Marvel travel team, lead crystal chandeliers, bronze stairwells, um, frescoes. I think anybody Total who's Italian interested – yeah,
2: anybody who's interested in architecture uh, would really appreciate that building.
1: Yeah, and what's fun is they have um, what used to be the original lobby is now a tea room. It is now a room and they have full tea, high tea and everything. So there's a lot of really fun places to eat um, in that area too. So if you're going from place to place, um, you know, looking at stuff, Gosh, that's a great place to stop and just have a quick meal. Now, a couple more places that have free tours, the Los Angeles Times Building um, and the Newspapers Printing, printing um, Facility twice a month, and you have to be 14 to take that one. The Los Angeles Central Public Library, which has a really long history, has its own tour and also um a lot of people don't realize this but the um the um city pub city hall on main street is has a um observation deck that's open to the public so you can go up there and um on the 27th floor and uh see all the cool areas and that look used around to be town. the
2: that used to be the tallest building in Los Angeles. So when you when you compare that city hall to the other buildings and, and see, you know, how much we've grown. But I've actually been, have you been up there? I've been up there on the observation.
1: I have yeah, I not, that. but it's so close to walk there from Union Station. Mm-hmm. It's not even funny. I mean, it really is. There's so many things so close to Union Station that you can uh, really enjoy yourself with it. Other um, cool things, cathedrals, there's tons of cathedrals. There's um, just general, there's actually a docent-led walking tour, and it's just through downtown LA. And there's a couple different ones, and some of them um, are available just through podcasts. So, if you're interested in the downtown area that's certainly um, certainly a great way to start. In Chinatown there's old Chinatown Plaza. They have a lot of celebrations especially during Chinese New Year there. Another place to go is the Wells Fargo History Museum. And obviously Wells Fargo we all know is the Wells Fargo wagon. Da, 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 da. Please will it be for me. Sorry. That is one of the songs <laughs> they play on Main USA. Am I not wrong? Yes, right? it is. <laughs> so there's oh, your right. Disney tie in there. Yeah. Um, what's strange, really cool okay. is, um, Wells Fargo played such a history in the beginnings of the western US. And the stagecoaches that delivered packages all throughout the country, um, the bank, the telegraph system that they helped with—I mean, it's got such a big history. And the museum is small; it doesn't take probably more than thirty minutes to go through. And they have a—they have a lot of hands-on things for kids. There's a huge stagecoach they're allowed to play in. There's a pretend bank, and there's even a telegraph machine with the code book. So they can do dots and dashes themselves, which is kind of neat. That is cool. Yeah. Um, Grand Central Market, it's in a large warehouse, and it has a giant tortilla-making machine, Um, and it's a busy, busy, busy place. Bob Baker's Marionette Theater. You know, if you want to take your kids to some theater um, experiences, and you know, there's nothing that you want to take them to at the Amundsen. There's Bob Baker's. There's also the Los Angeles Music Center Pillow Theater, and this is, um, you know, it's got short presentations. It's geared towards three to six years old, three to six year olds. There's also Echo Park which is a great place to take the kids um, just for playing and getting it out of their system if they've been kind of cooped up and seeing everything you want to see. And one thing that's really cool is in July, the lotuses bloom on the lake. And the lake is just covered covered in them. So that's a really neat place to go as well. Now, for you sports fans, there's a ton of stuff. Dodger Stadium is just to the north side of downtown and it's right at the interchange of the 110 and the 5 and is you heard um, David talk about on our David and Leah vacation in Los Angeles um, show they took their kids to the game it's a big huge tradition it's very it's a very open air stadium um and the big thing is to get a Dodger dog, which, frankly, I don't understand the attraction of them. But they're very long, skinny, long, long, skinny hot dogs. Yep.
0: And they're, <laughs> they're grilled, right?
1: Yes, I believe so. Yeah. And they I have to- not had one myself. Roz and I will
2: have one on
1: June 30th. Ooh, going to the ball game again? Yep. Cool. There you go. Now, the other thing when we talk about downtown and we talk about sports, is Exposition Park, where the Los Angeles Coliseum is. That's where you can go to see USC games and, of course, the big USC-UCLA rivalry. Um, If you want soccer, hockey, um, basketball, many of our teams play at the Staples Center. Hockey is available at the Staples Center. Basketball is there also. Um, soccer is at the Home Depot Center, which is about twenty miles south of downtown LA. It's which is about ten miles west of Long Beach.
2: And walking distance from where I live. There we go. <laughs>
0: so for dessert, you go over to my. House. Yeah,
2: exactly. Come to my house. <laughs> right. You, you could you could park by my house and and save yourself thirty dollars for parking. <laughs>
1: There's a plethora of everything centered around downtown. Of course, that is something else you have to think about is the traffic that's downtown for the sporting events. It's a bit crazy. So just if you're going to go to um, an event, a concert at the Staples Center, Lord only knows that's probably the biggest concert venue we have is the Staples Center. Please allow yourself extra time to navigate through the traffic.
2: I think that's a really good point, Nancy. And if you're going to be attending any of, like, let's say the Dodgers game, the Do- a Dodger game or or um, an event at the uh, L.A. Air- Arena area, mm-hmm. Staples Center, check and see what, if something else is happening and factor in travel time because it's bumper Very to rich. bumper. Yeah, it's going to take you a long time to get out of that just because, They're so close together, and there is no other way to get out of the city. So you just have to drive through it.
1: As a rule, everything around downtown gets gets bogged. So you want to try and avoid the rush hour times. And our rush hour times, there's not a huge window between the morning rush and the lunch rush. The lunch rush goes anywhere from 11.30 to 1, I would say, and you will definitely see increased traffic at that point. Rush hour itself goes till probably about 10 o'clock in the morning. So I know that's not helpful, especially if you're coming from the south, because morning rush hour comes up from Anaheim toward downtown. If you're going back first thing in the morning or you're heading down first thing in the morning, it's great. So if you were interested in doing some stuff downtown, I would almost recommend staying downtown. There are many, many options of hotels downtown, including um, those spurred on by the fact that they've built the LA Live. So... Right next to the Staples Center, they have basically created a downtown entertainment district. Shopping, movies, concerts, Lord only knows they have so many things. You know, we talk about the Grove and the Farmer's Market, which we kind of left off of the Hollywood show, and I'm really sorry. <laughs> we could talk about the Farmer's Market for hours, so maybe that should be its own look, show. <laughs> oh, Tom, you're I such know. a poop. Um, but the LA Live area is a great break. So staying the hotels immediately in the downtown, right around that area, are safe. They're reason, you know, some of them are actually reasonably priced because a lot of people have that illusion that downtown should not be a place to actually stay. But there are lots of people who live in amazing condos downtown. So, you know, it's what you're used to. It's what you're comfortable with. Now, if I were doing an overnight in downtown, you know, I would look into some of the other things you've got there, too. Because even at LA Live, you have, um, have museums. Um, you actually have the Grammy Museum which has all kinds of interactive exhibits, um, video presentations, and it's four stories tall. So that that's something new and cool. I have not yet to be there. Um, So that sounds like something I want to add on to my list. If you like more traditional museums, The Museum of Contemporary Art is on Grand Avenue, not very far from the Biltmore, not very far from any of these items that we've talked about, um, or the Walt Disney Concert Hall. And they even have a lot of um, pieces outside the museum as well. And there are two locations of that downtown. There's one at Geffen and one on Grand Avenue. So, And there's a shuttle if you're that into contemporary art. Um, there's actually a shuttle that goes between the two. Now, when we really talk about museums, oh, my gosh, how can we not talk about the most important museums that are in the downtown area, the Natural History Museum and the California Science Center? Yes. Now, you guys may know the California Science Center as being the new home of the Space Shuttle Endeavor. We've talked about that on the show, and they have a beautiful place for it now, and the building they're promising to build for it is pretty great too. So, you know, from the architectural drawings. So, the California Science Center is a full-service science center. It's got your traditional IMAX theater. It's got your cool hands-on things. It's got an air bike uh, way up kind of on a trapeze. It's a balanced bike thing up on the third level, which you get to ride it over a net over all the visitors that come in. They have a 35-foot-long human body. (laughs) They have play areas, Just, it's full of all kinds of good stuff. Now, the Natural History Museum next door is both a brand, relatively brand new over the last couple of years, um, dinosaur fossil home. Fantastic Uh, exhibit. It is. It's amazing. Mary Jo and I went last summer. Yeah, we went last summer with Nikki. And the kids had a ball, two stories, the equivalent of like two or three small buildings, not small buildings, two or three big buildings, just full of amazing fossils and the whale was just gorgeous too. I mean it's got some of the old fashioned traditional dioramas; it's got some really great stuff um. On California history, especially early California history, um, and the Native American culture um, interacting with the Spanish culture, and lots of artifacts from those days. And it's got the really fun butterfly house outside. They often host um, host such things as an insect festival and things like that. So. You just never know what they've got in store, but their website is a lot of fun to check out. So that's all in the exposition park area. That's right there by USC. Last but not least, Los Angeles has a lot of museums that celebrate its culture. Of course, we've talked about Oliveira Street and the El Pueblo de Los Angeles Historical Monument, which is actually um, the oldest home. Uh, You've also got um, the Old Plaza Firehouse Museum there. You even have tributes to several of the cultures that have made Los Angeles what it is and helped make California what it is. You've got the Korean American Museum, which... Talks a lot about um, the Korean community and history and culture. The Japanese American National Museum is also here on First Street. That commemorates the culture and the and the contribution that uh, the Japanese Americans made during the last century, especially. Japanese-American military veterans and area businessmen that went through an awful lot during World War One, especially World War Two. So that's in the little Tokyo area, which is off the 101. And there's also um, a Chinese-American museum, which I don't have the address. I thought I did. So... I think another thing I'd like to uh, mention is if you were adventuresome and you love to shop and you don't care about museums, downtown L.A. is the home of the garment district, the fabric district, the Gold Mart, is Mary Jo has reminded me about. Mary Jo, why don't you talk about the Gold Mart, and I can talk a little bit about the others.
2: Um, the Gold Mart is located around 7th or 8th Street in downtown L.A., um, you can, there's several parking lots in the area. You go there and they'll par- park your car. kind of cramped, but we go there often enough and we never have any issues. Or you can take the blue line um, from, you might want to do that if you're staying at the Disneyland Resort, take the blue line and just get off and walk to the Gold Mart. But it's um, like a block full of, of uh, stores, full of um, gold, um, jewelry, gems. You can have gems put together for you you can take gold that you want to trade in um, and sell it back to them Um, you can have particular pieces made for you you can replace gems that are missing it's a great resource for um, good gold at a very reasonable prices so if that's something you like to do um, when you go on vacation get jewelry at a, a decent, very decent price, you might want to consider going there. My my family, every time they come out from Texas, they make a, a trip to downtown and go on shopping sprees. Now, with the gold um, prices going up, you know, you might, if, if you're more interested in the silver, they also have silver there also, but gold is the big draw
1: and right next to that um, off of 10th street it begins the garment district and the fashion and the fashion district these are the um, small importers and businesses and uh places where designers get their starts you know they get a little place in the district and they just start producing things you can get the latest fashions and things similar to the latest fashions amazingly cheap in the fashion district. Costume jewelry, shoes, handbags, um, and they're not just knockoffs. These Most of these are designers or people just trying to get their labels off the ground. So, a lot of really cool things you can do as far as shopping there. Now, If I haven't forgotten anything else, let's move south, and we're going to head towards Long Beach. Now, there's one place I'm going to talk about, and it's not exactly the best location, and it's a place that I kind of found myself going through, Mm. but something that is an amazing piece of work, and it's so unique, are the Watts Towers.
2: I've been there too. It's it's a it's an icon here in in Los Angeles.
1: The Watts Towers were a labor of love for a gentleman. Um, what was his name? Watts. Yeah.
0: Joe Watts.
1: <laughs> okay, hang on. Now most of you guys know Watts from the Los Angeles riots. But, Watts was once, how do I want to put it? It's an art center. This, it's just unbelievable. It looks like pile, I don't want to say piles of junk, but Sam Rodia was the architect and designer of the Watts Towers and He used so many different materials and, you know, porcelain, ceramics, concrete, um, metal welded into amazing, um, amazing shapes.
2: Pieces of soda bottles, caps.
1: Yep. Just amazing. And it's open daily, um, except for Mondays and Tuesdays. You can now you can actually walk around the place and never pay admission to go inside, but a guided tour for seven dollars for adults and seniors and kids, um, thirteen to seventeen, or three dollars. Twelve and under are free. Walking underneath these towers is so amazing. Now actually, tour guides are there Thursday through Sunday until three, and they take place every 30 minutes so just something to look up there's a great web the Watts Towers has an amazing little website and it it will I promise you be just absolutely fascinating so if you really want to see what one man can do yeah they're hauntingly beautiful is that about a right the right description
2: I would call them interesting. I don't know that I would, I would say that they're, they're beautiful, but they're, they're, they're striking. Um, when you see them, I've, I've, um, actually driven over to go look at them. Cause they're, I don't live too far from there, but I didn't get out of my car. Yeah. So I, I would, I would, if, if somebody's adventurous and they're, They're running a car and they're going out that way. I would say go in broad daylight. Don't go in the evening over that way. But if you do ride the blue line from downtown LA to Long Beach, like Nancy has done in the past, um, you're (laughs) going to (laughs) drive, you're going to go right past them. And when you see these large towers, um, that you drive right, right past, that's what you're looking at. You're looking at Watts Towers. And it is a landmark here in Los Angeles and pretty famous.
1: Yeah. Like I said, they're very haunting. Yeah. And let's leave it at that. As you're going south, the seven, the 710 freeway dead ends into Long Beach and it dead ends into the two major attractions that Long Beach is known for. The Aquarium of the Pacific and the Queen Mary. The Queen Mary is I think it's such a cool place and I really want to stay there overnight sometime just because. It's actually a functioning hotel. The ship is you know, is permanently moored um, here in there in Long Beach. And it actually was once owned by Disney along with Howard Hughes's Spruce Goose, which is I believe still under that dome. No, no, it's, spruce, been moved. no it's been moved. Yeah, it's okay. up in Seattle. Okay, I. They use the I dome as, a, as a
0: cruise ship dock now. Okay, it's loading for a cruise ship dock.
1: Okay, the the dome is still there, obviously, right?
0: Yes. Yes.
1: Yeah, I saw that. I I remember seeing the dome very clearly the last time I was there a few years ago, but um, but it's really a fun experience. There are self guided tours. It does cost to um, to go aboard the Queen Mary, but there are self-guided tours that you can walk around the ship at your leisure, um, tour most of the areas. The propeller room, I think, is just absolutely fascinating. That's Cause huge. It is, because you can look down into the ocean right there and see the propeller. Yeah. And it it's amazing. It's all I can really say for it. Now, the Queen Mary is also a ship of legend. Um, it is said to be extremely haunted. And so that's kind of a, a fun little thing. And they do a Kitschke sort of um, play on that. They have a ghost tour that um, can be included with some admission levels. They also use some of their space to host exhibits tour uh, traveling exhibits. Currently the big exhibit is the Princess Diana exhibit, which was the same exhibit held in Walt Disney World in uh, downtown Disney West Side when they were trying to figure out what to do with the, the one record building. So the other thing I'd recommend if you're heading down to Long Beach, Go to the Queen Mary Sunday Brunch. They have one of the most exquisite Sunday brunches I can remember. Mm-hmm. And I haven't tried it in a while, so I think maybe we should go there and have a lovely lunch. Mary Jo, what do you think? I'm down. It's, you know, as far as champagne brunches go, it's in one of the the ballrooms, beautifully painted with murals, just absolutely incredible. Now, you can actually get combination tickets for the Queen Mary and the Aquarium of the Pacific. Now, they aren't necessarily in walking distance, but there are bus systems that will take you around the area. There's a trolley, I believe, that goes especially around the downtown area and the the convention area. Um, The Aquarium of the Pacific is a lot of fun. It's not as extensive as say the Monterey Bay Aquarium up in uh Monterey. <laughs> but it and it's not it's not SeaWorld, but it's a really darn good aquarium. And it's if you want a
2: good afternoon, right?
1: Oh my gosh, yeah. They have a really cool show in the um in the main The aquarium itself is based off of a central um Entry lobby sort of thing. And then depending on what types of ocean you're looking at, exhibits branch off from that central area. So one is like, say, cold water. Another one's like Gulf Stream or tropical or river freshwater. So you've got a mix of really cool exhibits. They also have a really fun lorikeet uh, aviary up top. And you can get little cups of nectar and the lorikeets come and try and land on you and stuff. If you're afraid of birds, not the place for you. By the uh, touch table areas where they have the rays and such, there's also a place where the kids can let off steam while watching. You know, you can watch the seals and just watch your kids and have a great time while they run all over. And it's got um, somewhat of a splash zone, so certain things will trigger them to get wet. You know, it's a fun way to really help them take a break, too, while you're touring. And, you know, if you have kids that can't look at fish for, you know, quite that long, it's a nice break. But, The Aquarium of the Pacific is great. You can also get whale watching tours uh, and just general, you know, ocean-going tours from the dock right next to the aquarium. So that's something to consider. Downtown Long Beach revamped itself recently, you know, within the last 10 years, and they have a great dining and shopping area called The Pike. That also is along the, along the harbor. So that's a nice chance to grab a bite to eat if you're not into the whole Queen Mary food or you're not planning on going over to the Queen Mary. Certainly you've got a ton of food choices and most popular restaurants Um, Chain restaurants have locations right there in the pike as well. Now, there's one time a year that Long Beach is going to mess you up, and that is during the Long Beach Grand Prix. The Long Beach Grand Prix is held. Where's my date? Ah, Isn't it March? I, I think so. Needless to say, it they basically put fence, fences all the way along, lining the major streets in Long Beach, downtown Long Beach. So you will have some alternative traffic routes if you're going to Long Beach during that particular time. And all you have to do is Google Long Beach Grand Prix. You'll know to go early and avoid.
2: Yeah, it's a, it comes out in April, Nancy.
1: Okay, in April. Mm -hmm. So there you go, in April. Um, Other things down south there, just to mention them real quick and touch on them, the Cabrillo Marine Aquarium, much smaller, nice beach across the way. Um, It's not as crazy as the Aquarium of the Pacific. There's also the International Printing Museum, the Los Angeles Maritime Museum in San Pedro, which is near – Um, The cruise ship docks, San Pedro also... Mm -hmm. Hmm? It's by Ports of Call. By Ports of Call. Um, They also have a great lobster festival in San Pedro once a year in the middle of the summer. So other things to consider when you're going down south that way. Certainly these are just a few of the many, many things you can do downtown, and down on that particular side. So, you know, you can use your imagination and a little creativity putting some of these different things together in vacation, and I think you can really find something for everybody in your family.
0: Cool. Where are we going next? Do you remember?
1: I think we're going south. Okay. Are we doing the OC? I don't remember. Something like that. I think we maybe rock uh, rocking towards the OC, or we could go <laughs> up into the mountains.
0: Oh, I, a like to the the I, think,
1: I think Rock and Tor is the O.C. Rock and the O.C. I think Rock and Tour the O.C. because there's a lot of cool things you can do down in the Orange County. Oh, and oh, you're right oh, there next to Disneyland, so I'll there you go.
0: To, I'll have to check the schedule. All right, thank yes. you, Nancy. That is going to do it for this segment of the Diz Unplugged. Be sure to catch our other Disneyland shows this week. And, of course, we'll be back again with you next week. Until then, remember, Disneyland is always more magical when it's shared. Thanks for listening.